Welcome to another CPA audio update or podcast, if you will. My name is Eric. I'm the communications officer at the Canadian Psychological Association. And Connected North is a leading edge program. Uh, They deliver interactive education services to schools in remote communities, mostly up north in Canada, through two-way video technology. Uh, All kinds of interesting programs uh, to increase feelings of empowerment in school and in life in the the youth that uh, watch these videos. So they have virtual guest speakers, they have field trips, collaborations between schools, and they do this all through this two-way video technology. Connected North is also the recipient of the CPA's Humanitarian Award for 2020. So I thought I would reach out to them directly and learn a little more about their program. Uh, I'm going to introduce myself in uh, my native language first. Bojo, Wakaman, Nidishnikaz, Wasaksing, Nidonjaba, Gigo, Nidodem. Um, hello, my name is Wakamon Pewis. Uh, I'm Ojibwe from Wasoxing First Nation, and uh, I work as a Connected North Indigenous Education Coordinator uh, with Taking It Global. Well, you guys have been providing basically uh, long-distance digital uh, instruction for a long, long time to northern communities. Now COVID has hit. What has changed for you guys? I, th- I feel like more than most companies, you are already... Uh, in that space and more prepared to handle it than just about anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, our, our program model has changed and shifted a little bit. Um, we've had to adapt um, to the current uh, climate. Um, and I feel like uh, we're, we're, we were in a pretty good situation because of our, our use of technology. You know, you, you losing uh, Cisco's uh, telepresence video conferencing uh, system uh, has uh, been what we primarily used to deliver our, our program across uh, our, our, prog- um, our partnering communities and schools uh, to deliver the Connected North program. And so uh, we have a lot of the, the tools for distance learning and, um, you know, uh, video conferencing communications between team members. We have a large team that, you know, it, at Taking a Global, we do many different um, programs and projects. And so uh, it was kind of just falling back onto some of those things that we already use and just um, adapting our program model to fit, um, you know, the current circumstances with COVID. Uh, so we've, we've adapted by um, you calling our, our program Connected North at Home, and we started um, running daily uh, sessions um, with our, our guest experts and speakers, you know, whether that be an Indigenous role model or all the amazing organizations that we we work with and partner with to provide you know still learning that was based around curriculum needs in the classroom as well as providing those interactions with um, with indigenous role models that uh, that the students that we serve in all of our varying communities across Canada could uh, could learn from from every day could have something to participate that was unique and fun that still met those as I mentioned those curriculum or classroom learning goals uh, we have um, many um, wonderful staff members on the team who are, you know, trained as as teachers, and so they have a great understanding of those curriculum needs. They have a great understanding of what it's like to work in those communities, such as the ones that we serve. And so we're able to put together kind of like a, a program menu, a daily menu of uh, of, of um, like kind of webinar-based sessions uh, that students could participate in. And maybe it's not as um, I would say that the interactive learning that we have in our 
our classroom to classroom exchanges that we would have um, necessarily, um, they, they, they kind of change. And we still have that level of interaction now with, um, you know, students are able to type in questions that they might have. Um, we just wouldn't necessarily see them because we want to protect the privacy of the students and the families on the other end of the of the webinar. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were still able to provide those those experiences, and I thought that was really cool to be able to see the live feedback from those students or families that were participating, uh, and to see the constant um, uh, you know those 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 who have access to technology in their homes and in their communities to be able to come and, and see that that the the repeat. Uh, students and and you could see what their interests are their interests were and they would come back to those specific ones uh, for example uh, I know there was a there was a really good core group of of young uh, people and, and families that were um, coming in for one of our sessions it was a fun and fitness workout with Michael Solomon that one was really fun that uh, that I, I personally hosted um, as a coordinator for those ones so that was really fun um, yeah so we just had to adapt and, and I think that just really uh, we were able to be successful just because of, again, like I said, the technology that we already incorporate into our business and the distance um, that we have with our team members. And, and so that really just kind of flowed. And it was just really, um, it was really about adapting, uh, as I mentioned. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting way to, to go about it. Now, normally you guys are in classrooms and you're presenting an Indigenous role model. You're presenting a workshop or maybe a virtual tour of a museum. Uh, and now you're just doing that into the home. Uh, but I'm wondering, and we've been talking about this for a little while, ever since uh, school had to close down and uh, everybody's doing everything long distance, how much mm-hmm. is connectivity an issue in the communities that you serve? Uh, connectivity is, uh, is still a huge issue. It, and it's a, it's a great topic for, for debate. Like, I mean, we're still dealing with... Uh, Many of the communities that we serve, they're, they're still communities that are dealing with, uh, they might be dealing with uh, issues uh, around um, access to clean drinking water. And that's like a basic human right. And so not only are we dealing with things like that, but we're dealing with, you know, we, we, we think we're, you know, we're in a day and age where, you know, every community across Canada or every individual family uh, has access to Internet. And that's not necessarily the case. We, we definitely have um, in varying um, geographies across Canada where families are still suffering from like low income um, and they don't have access to a laptop or a, a, a tablet. They don't have access to internet. And so we definitely are facing a challenge even within our own network where we do have this you know, amazing network where we're partnered with these schools that definitely have the infrastructure, who have the, the, the technology that we've sent to the, to the school to connect through telepresence uh, and to be able to do these classroom-to-classroom exchanges with our, our, our role models in our, in our institutions. Um, but like you mentioned, um, that doesn't necessarily um, exist with every family and every community and every household. They don't have access to those tools and technology. So, uh, you know, we, we cater to those who do have that uh, access, but we know that in communications with um, the local boards of education or the uh, First Nations communities or the Inuit communities that we serve, um, they, they definitely have like their own, um, they might have their own kind of regional uh, government uh, or agency that we work with and partner with. And so they're figuring out ways to uh, connect with their, their 
their their schools and their students to help them with their education and continue that education. And we're we're working with those partnering organizations there on those levels to help to say how can we support in in that continued education. So uh, I know that we've sent um, you know USB keys with pre-recorded um, the webinars um, to be. Um, uh, sent to the, the homes of those those families, uh, well, maybe to the community, and then the community can disperse that those recordings um, mm-hmm. from within the community. Um, I know up in Ardviet Nunavut, they have a um, um, they have a like a TV service. Uh, what's it called? Um, I think it's called Ardviet Film. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, um, but they do have a like a server that we've actually uploaded some of our videos to, and then. Um, then they're, they're actually just broadcasting it. So there's like a local television station. So they were just broadcasting the, 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 the I mean, it wasn't live and interactive uh, for those families and students that were able to participate in those, but they were able to at least watch and, and gain some of those, um, those experiences that, uh, that we had through Connected North at home. And I imagine that when you're uh, broadcasting your, uh, you know, for example, this uh, exercise program, uh, to a community and they're able to interact and they're able to respond. And we've been talking a lot about how COVID has sort of exacerbated uh, existing issues in a ton of communities. So for example, a community that doesn't have access to clean drinking water and hasn't for a long time, uh, that that ends up being a little more important than anything else that, uh, you know, uh, school and that sort of thing. Do you find that uh, in those interactions, that kind of thing comes up more that people start uh, have started talking about that on these calls or are they still just focusing on the educational portion of it? I think um, like it really varies uh, in, on community to community uh, and, and the school and what their focus is. Uh, is because you know we work with uh, with our schools directly. We work with the principals there. Uh, we usually like to like think of ways that uh, how they would like to utilize the program. Uh, we don't want to be a, an organization that has like a, a cookie cutter approach. Like this is connected north, and this is how it's going to apply to all of our communities, and this is how it's going to apply to this teacher and their classroom and their students. Mm-hmm. So we work with uh, we work with each community. We work with each uh, school. Uh, and the teachers individually to find out what their needs are and how they want to utilize the program. So we want to be just we want to be available to them to use as a as a tool um, to support in student education and learning to support in the teacher as a, for a resource or if they need um, you know professional development. We just want to be there as a support for for them and and they kind of envision how they they want to use the program. So we might come in and say this is these are all the the many uses that you can use it for, but Ultimately, it's up to you, and, and we're here for you. And so, um, yeah, I think it just depends. Uh, some schools and some teachers are just really focused on curriculum, and that's kind of their, their, their approach to it. Some are really like we want to really uh, promote Indigenous role models, and that's what our focus will be because we want the students to be inspired and have hope for the future and, you know, um, look at p- potential career options or pathways to education. And so that will be the approach. And then some are like really um, learning about um, maybe their own cultural background because maybe they're still dealing more with the effects of residential schools and they don't have an understanding of their own cultural history or background. And so they're they're trying to reclaim that. Um, And then again, like you mentioned, it might be a community that's dealing with with certain issues. And so they might the teachers there might be like, yeah, this is really important. 
and the youth want that voice. And so let's bring in these specific types of people to, to talk about these topics or subjects and so that they can make more informed decisions. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, I was working with um, teachers up in um, Moose Creek First Nation, and they were really adamant about learning about um, treaties and the history of the treaties. And so we brought right. in an individual to, to talk about those treaties so that students can be uh, informed and, and, and be ma- more be made more aware of, you know, the impacts of treaties and, and what does it mean to them? They're treaty, they're treaty people. We're all treaty people in Canada. And so what is, what is their, uh, what is their relationship to the treaties and what is, you know, Canadians and the government and, and their responsibilities to the treaties as well so that they can, you know, make better and informed decisions as they grow older and how they can uphold and, you know, um, uphold the treaty and, 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 and understand their rights under that treaty. So, Again, I mentioned it, it varies community to community, but that's how um, we, we generally make our approach. And so we're guided by, by the communities and the teachers and the students and their requests. Right. And uh, so talk to me a little bit more about the, these Indigenous role models. I saw one of the courses that you offer, I don't know if you call it a course or a, a program that you offer, is this Warriors Rising program with Dakota Bear and Casey Desjardins. And they are activists who are putting together this program for the students um, and basically doing what you're, what you're talking about, giving them a voice, showing them how to use that voice. Yeah. So we have, uh, we, we've been, you know, we, we inherited the program a a few years ago from Cisco. They originally founded the program and uh, they were seeking out uh, our organization or an organization to kind of take over the facilitation and coordination of uh, running sessions. And when we, brought on the program we, we saw a gap in, in indigenous role models and so we decided to you know seek out those within our personal networks and, and slowly branch out into organizations to build up um, those partnerships and uh, we, we want those students to really see you know themselves being represented by these amazing role models and to hear their stories to, to see if they've overcome challenges and maybe that resonates with that that youth or that student and say, hey, this is the career I want, or I'm going through this in my life, and this is how this person overcame that. They're, they're just like me, or I, I, I want to travel to the South to go to school, and I know that it's, it's very scary to leave my community. And so we're bringing in all these people with these different lived experiences to be able to come into the classroom and share their, their career path. You know, they're an expert in uh, astronomy or they're, um, you know, they're working at this organization. This is their career path. This is where they went to school. Um, all these different things. Or maybe they're just they're, they're heavily invested in their, their culture and their identity. And, and that really um, nourishes and inspires the, the youth that we serve. And so, you know, having someone like uh, Dakota and Casey come on, you know, like, you know, whether they're talking about their entrepreneurship um they're talking about their own cultural background or overcoming the obstacles that they have had in their life um and then being able to um use those as uh, as like a catalyst for your own voice and speaking up and and taking ownership and uh you know it's just wonderful to have um you know indigenous role models like them come on board and be a part of the program and and and, and, and what I really love about it is that those are the people that want to come. They, they know the experiences that, that our youth are facing across uh, in our communities that we serve, and uh, they want to be uh, role models, and they want to be able to inspire the next generation. You know, we 
have a, a duty to our, our, our youth and our children to um, educate them and support them. And, and we, we always look ahead. Um, I'm, I'm Ojibwe. I'm Anishinaabe. We, we talk about always thinking about the next seven generations ahead of us. And so, mm-hmm. I, we, you know, it's, it's kind of like we, I think we all kind of feel this natural instinct uh, to, to give back to the community, to support the youth, make sure that they have the tools uh, to succeed in life, to make sure that they understand that they have a role in society, that they have a voice, and that, um, you know, by connecting, it, it, fulfills, it fulfills our Indigenous role models, you know, you know sense of pride and, and giving back, but it also, they know that they're helping support um, the education and the future of the, of the communities we serve. And so it's really, it's really awesome to have, um, we have so many people, it's just, it's just constantly growing and it's, um, it gets better and better every year that we can share more and more indigenous role models and, um, you know, uh, share in different, in different areas of curriculum now as well. And it's just really cool. And you are one of these role models as well. You, uh, do a leadership program and entrepreneurship program, um, most of the time, I guess you're you're hosting, right? You're facilitating uh, between the person who's putting on the program and the youth who are viewing it. Uh, but you do a couple of these as well yourself. Uh, what? How was that? Uh, how was that different? I guess as an experience for you to directly present the program. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, as you mentioned, I you know I facilitate uh, these sessions every day with uh, different role models, different uh, organizations to come on. And so my role in that in that sense is to just kind of greet uh, greet the class, uh, greet our, our guest speaker, make sure that our students are aware of what we're going to be doing on that day. Like they should already have that information from like uh, the teacher would be passing that on. But it's kind of like just um, introducing my friends usually kind of like this is my friend here and, and they're going to be teaching us this today. And then it's just kind of like trying to be that extra person that that point of contact for students so that they see a friendly face every day you know we're building relationships with our communities and, and the classrooms that we serve and so um, it's just this constant um, individual I'm just like a, an extension of their classroom and, and they know that if they have any questions or they want to meet new people or have new experiences they can reach out to me um, and so that's kind of like what I do in my daily uh, role with uh, Connected North um, as I coordinate um, these sessions um, but as you mentioned, uh, like I like to do um, do run sessions myself and, and be a, a what we call a, a content provider. And so, you know, whether I'm doing um, something along culture and like when I do drumming and dancing and singing, uh, maybe I'm doing something along my career. Like I, I used to be working in the film and television industry, so I might talk about my, my past career. Uh, you know, photography, I do photography as well, so I might come in and talk about that. Um, you know, leadership, my own personal journey, my own personal story of um, how we're all leaders and role models and how we all have unique gifts and skills um, that we're all naturally born with. And we just kind of unlock those and uncover the, those gifts and skills that we have at, through our lived experiences. And so I just come through and I just, I just share those things. And, and so the experience is completely different be, for me because uh, I, I'm excited about both because I love being able to be that connector for students to connect to a role model or, um, you know, a professional. Uh, but I also enjoy being someone who is being that, that role model um, that I feel that I have, you know, wisdom and knowledge to share from, through my own lived experiences that I feel that I'm still youthful enough where uh, they look at me as maybe a peer or, or someone slightly older that, that they can look up to. I'm a role model. 
and so that um, that you know hopefully the the information that I share you know resonates with the youth and that they feel inspired and um, that's just what I, I love to share. I just love to share that uh, that that I, I believe that every every child has a gift or a skill and um, it's about nurturing our gifts. Um, you know, we have things where like there's a lot of bullying and, and or cyberbullying. And um, it's just this way of like, I don't know, this mentality of people putting each other down, um, make yourself feel better. Whereas you feel better if we support one another and in a community setting, um, if we're all supporting one another and encouraging each other and our gifts and our skills and, and encouraging that growth and, and, and um, having a positive growth mindset and, and sharing that positivity, we all feel better collectively and we can grow and be stronger together uh, collectively. And so uh, that's usually the message that I always like to share that um, that I believe in the youth, that I every connection that we have, whether it be me as a facilitator or me as um, a content provider, I always learn from the students in each interaction and I get to see, I can see their interaction and I can see them grow. Sometimes they're really shy. and um, But once you start getting them kind of to come out of their shell and challenge themselves, they grow a little bit and you can see that little bit of that spark. And it's just really beautiful to be a part of that. So, I mean, I really enjoy being on both, both ends of that. And I think that, you know, just naturally I have that ability to come in as a content provider and um, that's one of my strengths um, coming into to my role with Connected North. Oh, that's great. Uh, now, you guys, I and mean, you talked about your role as a facilitator a little bit. Back in January, I spoke to Anne-Marie, and she's a facilitator as well. She'll, uh, you know, do the host and connect people. But you guys really take this uh, very seriously. It's not just about always being the same person in the same class. You guys actually go and visit these classes in person, uh, before you become the facilitator for that class. So they've actually met you in person. They actually uh, know your face before you appear on their TV screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we always make it a point to travel to communities uh, in person to visit. Um, you know, when I first started working with a, a specific school, for example, maybe I'm working up in northwestern Ontario. I have um, three schools that I'm working with up there, um, you know, before I even got a chance to meet them, I might have seen if we've been working with the community before. So I might try to learn about the community before I travel there. I'll learn about the history, learn about the treaty that uh, if they have a treaty in that certain area, um, you know, learning about what culture exists there. Like, is this, is this Anishinaabe territory? Okay. Are, are they like Oji Cree? Are they Cree? What, what am I, what kind of community am I dealing with? And, uh, so then I, I learn about as much as I can. Um, you know, we encourage all of our, our, our members and our team to, to learn about the community as much as they can, you know, reading past reports or whatnot. Um, but then the really most important thing is to travel to community um, because we get, we get a sense of the connection to the land. And I think that's really important. Um, one of my trips actually working up in Nunavut was working in Cape Dorset. And I remember traveling there and it felt like such a foreign like, I felt like I left planet Earth, essentially. It's so far north. I felt so, so far from home. I'm on Baffin Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the, this small community called Cape Dorset. Uh, just, it was absolutely beautiful just to see, but there's no trees there. And I, I grew up living in the bush, um, just a couple hours north of Toronto. That's where I grew up. And, and so just to be in a landscape where there's absolutely no trees, it's just all rocks. Um, I felt like, wow, how, how, how have people 
lived up here and how have they survived? And I, I certainly felt a disconnect when I went up there. I felt like a complete outsider. Um, but when I when I arrived there and I started uh, working with the youth, one of the youth was like, hey, there's some there's some blackberries up on the hill there. You want to go check it out? And I was like, yeah, let's go check it out. So then as soon as we got up there, I remember looking at them and they were very similar to blueberries that we have here in the south. And I, and I tried one and I ate it and I was like, yeah, it kind of tastes like a blueberry, but they call them blackberries. Um, and, and it was like, at that moment, I had this connection to the land, like even up here in the North, um, for me, it's completely foreign to me. It's completely alien. Um, but the land still provides like, obviously these people have lived here for, you know, thousands and thousands of years and they've, they've lived off the land and, and they continue to thrive because of their connection to the land. And for me, it was that, that moment of having that connection to the land. I felt at home and then building that connection with the youth. Uh, I actually, I felt like I could live here, you know, and every community I go to, uh, by the time I leave, I feel like I have a connection with, with the teachers and the staff and the students at the school that we work with that I feel like, you know, I could live here. You know, when I was up in North Spirit Lake, I felt so welcomed in the community. And that's one of the communities we serve. And I felt like I could live here. Like I feel, I feel that connection and I feel so welcomed and, and it's that connection to the land. So having that understanding of like, the land, the, the the culture, and the history, uh, and then learning about the school and 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 the needs of that community, and then how how can I serve this community, and how can I serve this school, how can I serve these students? Because each classroom is completely different. They might have uh, different you know things going on in each classroom, and it's adapting to those and and being adaptable. And uh, that's just uh, what, I, what I personally I love is, is just that, those connections, those, those personal connections that you have to the people as well. Um, and, and, and when teachers are excited about the program, it gets me excited. When students are excited about the prospects of being connected to other individuals, um, like, I mean, we're, we're in a day and age where there's technology all around us. So students are connected to the outside world, but a lot of it is like the outside world information going into the community and it's not this two-way kind of street right the, the program allows for students to have those interactions with the outside world in a meaningful and positive way it's not just like they're being flooded with all this information and it's information overload it's it's information that's coming in that that will be relevant to them and to the, their classroom and then for those who make those requests like we we do um, deal with student requests as well on what their hobbies and interests are and we, we try to cater to those as well and bring those those experiences to them that are meaningful to them and so they're able to have those those two-way interactions and it's it's really cool yeah that's really neat and i think it's incredible like you put in you know so much effort to really connect with that community and you spend the time there and you guys do what you do and then something like covid hits all of a sudden, everyone's sort of confined to their homes. But because of the work that you've put in, because of the time you've spent doing that, the connection has been established and you can move on more easily than trying to start this whole thing from from your living room, basically, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, with uh, with uh, COVID hitting, it's just been uh, it's been a challenge, you know, for everyone. Um, we're still in touch with uh, with our schools and how can we, you know, support them and their learning and um it's still we still reach out to our our teachers and just say hey you know what we're still here connecting north at home is still going on if there's any requests that you want uh if there's anything that we can do you know we have teachers on staff if there's anything that we can support if there's any 
um, things that we can create. Um, I know in um, for some of our partner schools in Nunavut who might not necessarily have access to the, um, the bandwidth to broadcast Connected North at Home, one of my colleagues was has been working on developing uh, video resources as well that we can also send up to to um, those schools um, so that they can continue their education and, and share um, you know, get packages at, at the school where, you know, maybe parents can come and pick them up and, in a safe way and, and take those back home and then and, and have um, at-home learning. So it's really like thinking about many different ways to adapt our program and to, to try to overcome the challenges of COVID and still make sure that teachers, that students, that the boards of education, that the um, levels of government that we work with uh, understand that um, just because COVID hit, that our work stops? No, it doesn't. We, we're going to continue our work, and we're going to we're going to figure this out. Uh, we're all in this together. This is um, this is a huge um, thing that the world is going through right now, and and um, but we're still here, and we still want to be able to provide that support. We still want you to feel that you have opportunities to continue your learning and have and meet the indigenous role models or have these unique experiences. You know, um, you know. I think like we. Um, yeah, like th- it might seem like there's like this, there could be this digital divide, you know, between northern communities and southern communities, um, and we're trying to bridge that gap um, using technology, and uh, and we're still trying to keep that up, even though there there are the challenges of whether or not, um, you know, people in their homes have access to the tech. We're still trying to figure out ways to make sure that they get the resources and the tools that they need to to have that support still. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing, and uh, I think that uh, you know you are uh, the fact that you guys are still working as hard as you are uh, to connect people in this time uh, just is a testament to what an innovative program Connected North really is. Welcome on Paywish. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate uh, your time as well. All right. Thanks. Go back to uh, paternity leave and uh, all the things that that entails. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Have a great one and uh, stay safe.